All right. So in the absence of Julia Turner today, c'est moi who's <laughs> going to be hosting Slot Plus, the part of the show where we add an extra bonus segment for those of you who are subscribers to Slate Plus. And what we decided to talk about for this week, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is your first political memory. This was our producer's idea. And I think it's a great, I mean, of course, it's going to date us all. You're going to be able <laughs> exactly. to figure out our ages to the day. Um, but I think it is a great way to get at what politics means to a child when it's just dawning in, on your brain. Um, so who wants to start? I want to hear from Steve. <laughs> Dewey Truman. Um, I would say that my first my first somewhat vivid political memory was um, Watergate, really. I remember the re-election of Nixon in 72 pretty clearly. Um, but But really, it was over the next couple of years that I became aware of politics and what politics might mean because of the Watergate hearings and the, and the, and the um, specter of a possible impeachment and, of course, his resignation. Um, and that, I think, was really shaping, in a way, um, your sense both that, that the process might be completely corrupt and beneath the public facade, there might be, you know, rot and you know, nothing but rot worms in, in, in hypocrisy, um, and, but also this very high-minded possible response, which is, you know, constitutional government holds, uh, you, you know, the process wins out over the person, and the corruption is expelled. The truth is, I, I come from a very politically conservative family. And I think prior to 1972, I had no political thoughts of my own whatsoever. But between 1972 and, let's say, 1976 and the election of Carter, I, I got my own political thoughts, and they were you know anything but conservative. I think in part because at that moment you began to see that some essential characteristic of the Republican Party was toward, in my estimation, towards dishonesty, and I, I, because I've been building on that ever since um, in the direction of Maoism. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's next wearing, up, he's wearing a blue tunic as we speak. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I'm a good liberal. I I do not believe in um, sending people back to the uh, country. Uh, country, but um, where does he live? Where does he live? He lives in the country. <laughs> Send him to the Q, country. QED. Um, but anyway, so um, June, I'm curious, what was yours? So um, my the constituency where I grew up um, was the safest Labour seat in Britain. He had the highest majority for the Labour Party, and our MP also had the worst attendance record. In other words. As they always said, a pig with a red ribbon would have been elected. Um, <laughs> and I grew up in a village and my the school, the elementary school, the primary school where I went to school was at the end of my street. And my grandparents, my maternal grandparents, lived on the other side. So they lived opposite the school. And the school was a polling place. And um, dur during the election, but only really if it was a um, if it was a prime minister, you know, if it was a general election, uh, my grandparents' house would be the labor headquarters and because it was just so close to the school. And it was always really striking to me because they never had visitors. You know, they didn't have an indoor bathroom. They weren't set up for visitors. Nobody ever stopped by. Um, but that on those days, on election days, uh, they would, you know, have these people in the front room, in the front room where nobody ever sat, especially during the day. Uh, so that they could, you know, run over to the school and keep an eye on the on the election, which also was completely a foregone conclusion. And it was my my first ambition in life was to be a runner for Labour, 
which would be, I guess, a person who went across to the other side of the street. to, And I never did. But um, uh, yeah, that's my first memory. Oh, that one's so lovely and, and pastoral in a way compared <laughs> exactly. to ours. Exactly. Just trotting down the street to your grandparents' house <laughs> at the polling place. Yeah. It's sort of from another time. I think my my memory kind of overlaps with Stevens, but is slightly different. I actually remember the 1972 election when I was really small, more clearly than I remember Watergate. And I remember my father, who my family is not at all conservative, if anything, they're kind of staunchly the opposite direction to the left. And my father had a McGovern bumper sticker. And I remember that bumper sticker being on our car, which, by the way, my parents, this is a joke in our family, have always had the exact cliche car for the period that they've lived in. So in the 1960s, late 1960s, when they first got married, they had a black Volkswagen Beetle, you know, the <laughs> ones with like the oval window at the back. But this was the 70s, the early 70s. So of course, they had a light green station wagon with wood panels on the sides. <laughs> and it had a McGovern bumper sticker. And I just knew that my father hated Nixon way before Watergate. He, he loathed Richard Nixon. And I just remember the feeling of disappointment when I couldn't believe that the man whose sticker my father put on our car did not win. To me, that was the good guy, you know, if, yeah, he, yeah. if he had his sticker. So I remember that very clearly. And then a few years later when Watergate came, I wish I could say that I had Steve's awakening, but I just essentially remember Watergate preempting all of our cartoons and us being furious <laughs> about it. And of course, at the time, there's no there's no VCR. Right. If you want to follow what's happening on the hearings, you have to sit in a room and watch them while they're happening, which is incredible now thinking about, you know, all the different media and different ways of feeding coverage into our brains that we have. All my parents had was, you know, get the kids quiet so we can watch this live hearing unfolding on TV. And it must have been so compelling and, and horrifying for them. And for us, it was just, you know, boring grown-up talk that was interfering with our fun. So you guys both have kids. Do you have a sense of what your children's first uh, political memories will be? And will they have anything to do with this particular election? I think all of our kids are old enough that they'll remember something before this, wouldn't you say, Stephen? I mean, oh, I don't know about you, you know, but my, my daughter's my... actively engaged. She checks 538 every morning. I mean, my kid is way into this election, and I'm sure we'll remember it. But she loved Obama since she was—I think Obama is a very child-pleasing president. Yeah. His name yes. is easy for babies to say. He's <laughs> yes. incredibly nice and smiley and is always holding some wonderful child on TV or in the newspaper. And from, I think, as soon as she could grasp that, you know, that guy on TV was named Obama and was somehow a leader, my daughter has loved President Obama. She actually has a wonderful little thing on her bulletin board, a little keychain I got her. That's a picture of the whole family when Sasha and Malia were really little, and uh, and I adore it. Yeah, my both of my kids have will grow up, you know, with vivid memories of uh, Obama being elected. Um, my older daughter will remember, you know, the dancing in the streets of Brooklyn. Um, my younger daughter will remember being told about it. Um, but today, I will say that that um, they went to the polling station with me, both dressed in white. And um, it was just whatever else one thinks about the process or the candidates or, or, you know, not even really to be political here at all, but just the extraordinary fact that um, that will hopefully be the dominant memory of this election cycle for both of them, that a, a woman, a super qualified, intelligent uh, woman, a competent woman ran for president. And so I address ye citizens of the future of November 9th. Uh, hopefully everything, at least at a bare minimum, everything's been determined. Um, and if we're lucky, my daughters have a have a new uh, presidential hero. <laughs> and if we're not lucky, dot, dot, dot. If Call all your loved ones and say goodbye. <laughs> if you're not lucky, poor Jacob Weisberg will have to do the Trump cast for at least the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What a thought. All right. Well, I will close that there so we can all go and cast our vote ourselves because June and I, you and I have not done so, right? No. And we have the same polling have place. Same polling. We're likely to see each other online in exactly. a few hours. 
So to all of our listeners, thank you for being members of Slate Plus and for helping support Slate and the journalism that we do. We'll see you next week.